thank God we have the opportunity to visit with each other. I've been receiving such amazing emails since we took the show to podcast. Audience is smaller. It's going to come back sevenfold. But this morning on the way back from church, about seven o'clock this morning, something uh, just hit me. Would you mind if we just took a break from the politics? I'm going to do a political podcast later. A really political one. But would you mind if I just did this today? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Couple updates. We're up on uh, Google Podcasts, so for Google Play, if people you know have been frustrated by that, Google finally got us approved. Spotify continues to be the app of choice, seems to be working best for people. And Apple's dragging their feet. I may have some big, big news coming up on audience growth. And this would just be phenomenal for what we're trying to get done here. For everybody who's been sharing the show with their friends, just thank you for that. Um, That's right now the best bet to grow this thing because still Google will not accept our search advertising, which was our primary focus because a lot of people are searching for the show. And I know that uh, because I can go look at the Google trends. That's all less important than just this break I wanted to take today. I'm doing a separate podcast later today around the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, but more about what the media refuses to report in terms of a $32 billion, well, you could call it an industry, I guess. So that'll come later today. I was driving back from church this morning. Funniest thing, there is a discipleship meeting seven o'clock in the morning at church. And our senior pastor leads this. And... (laughs) Not to talk out of school, but a certain senior pastor may have forgotten to tell folks that he was not in town today. So we were in the parking lot at 7 a.m. And it was a little cold to do the, the meeting uh, in the parking lot. And so and we couldn't get into church. So I, I drove and I, I went and gave myself a guilty pleasure of having an Idaho breakfast. So... I did that in one of our little favorite breakfast joints is basically alone in there. I love that. And driving back, a couple things hit me. I need to talk to a friend of mine who I do not think is doing what they can to share a light God gave them. But then this hit me. Last night, a light was shared with us. We have a couple of friends and we go to a Bible. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of Bible study. It's a small group. And it's an intimate setting. And it's, it's just a chance to develop and, and nourish and maintain friendships in the faith. And these are just unbelievably faith-filled people. Filled with the Spirit. And I was driving in this morning. Back from my, uh, my self-indulgence alone breakfast. It's so you know, early for other people. And this thought occurred to me that with everything we see in the world, and man, it's, it is 
utterly breathtaking. The level of deception. Later in the podcast, the next podcast, oh, not, not, not this one. I'm going to share an email from an ICU nurse. ICU nurse for 15 years on the COVID scam. Let's share a note I got from a cop. This time not in Seattle. This time San Francisco, California. And what they're saying in, in that separate country. I'll share a note from a, a now retired um, special forces guy on what he thinks of the armed services. It's, it, is, it is the disappointment, the shock and awe. It's oppressive and it's purposeful. And it's okay. It's okay. Got a note this morning from a lovely woman who is an airline pilot. Facing the loss of her career, just the theft of her career. Because of one CEO who wants to take the knee to the party. And you know what she told me? It's okay. It's hard. It's okay. She's remembering we talked about losing her job. There's worse things. And, and, and she's facing that. Not just a job. I mean, it's a career. And all of us have careers. But some of us go through multiple iterations of that. And it's okay. She said, it's okay. What came to me this morning is thinking of this victory that Satan believes he has. Because being a a thief and a liar, he lies to himself. And man, he can taste it. You know, I, I do not believe that the forced injection of people is the mark of the beast. It's a heck of a trial run. A lot of people are failing the test, in my judgment. And a lot of people are succeeding. And more people are awakening. The light that was shared with me was this, and this this just made me want to pull over on the road. The same God who gave us Christ Jesus and we're about to celebrate the recognition of that on Christmas Day, that same God picked an extraordinary way to do that, an extraordinary time. There was this brief window of opportunity, and he picked it. And we know that that didn't end, but it manifested in a moment where Satan must have thought, man, I have won not the birth of the Christ child, the temptation that, that Satan put Jesus through. Now that failed. But at the cross, don't you think that Satan was laughing? It's they did it. They, they killed God's son. I could see him celebrating. And then going, oh. And that moment, Right, the our calendars are arranged around that moment. The the life of Christ that led to a whole series of evil being pushed down. I mean, it was Christian inspired activism that led to the end of organized slavery in the UK uh, and in the United States. Slavery still exists. 
later in the pot, the second podcast today, I'm going to tell you how much money is being made in slavery in this time and the fact that it's just ignored. But at that moment when Christ was on the cross and Christ said it is finished and you could just, I could just see Satan just celebrating and then going, oh, well, but I've got, I've got slavery. No, you don't. That's, that's going to be changed fundamentally in the UK and the United States. It's going to, it's going to be a bloody cost, but it's going to be changed. Then you look at the times of, of Hitler and, and Stalin and that period of fascism, because we are reentering fascism and that's, that's. That's okay. It's scary. It's frightening. It's unjust. It's murderous. It's purposeful. There are people who've been seduced into this and they don't even know that they're pushing it along. Everyone's screaming. Lock the unvaxxed up. They get what they deserve. Fire them. They don't know. That's okay. That's okay. It's maddening. It's unjust. It's stealing from people. The time of the Nazis, man, don't you think? Don't you imagine that Satan was saying, that's my boy. Oh, those are my boys. Look what they're doing for me. Look at the division and the hatred. Oh, and they're going after the Jewish people. And oh, and they're going after the gypsies. Oh, they're going after the, look at those beautiful death camps. Look at the people ignoring it. Look at the churches who sing louder as the trains go by with people headed to the death camps. Just, just, just sing a little louder and you won't hear them. Look at the black smoke going into the sky, which was the remains of human flesh. And look at people seeing this they go up. No, there's, there's no death camps. No, it's no. Uh-uh. Who would never? Those are work camps. Those are criminals. Those are just the, those are the bankers who were stealing from us. And those, they don't really belong here anyway. And you know what? These just, look, that's, and if there are death camps, really, it's just, it's just the dirt people. Just the dirt people. And I can see Satan said, that's it. Man, I did it. My boys, Stalin and Hitler are going to just absolutely seize control. I did it. This is all going to topple. And Mick Jagger, please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. Been around a long, long time. Sent many a nation to waste. And then there was the war that we recognized on the seventh of this week. And then there was defeat. And our soldiers entered the death camps. And they saw. And they told. And then there were the trials and they, we were taking orders. We were just, it's, we were just soldiers just taking orders. And it's like Charlie Brown in the football. 
And Satan thought he had it then too, I bet. And at each of these moments, some extraordinary things happened. In World War II, you have the Bonhoeffer story. Standing in the face of this. Refusing to take the knee to anyone but God Almighty. You had the reestablishment, not really establishment, I said that the other day, but you had the you had the bolstering of the state of Israel. You had Jewish people say, you know, I'm gonna go take my Jewishness back. You had corrupt Christians who helped Hitler called out by non-corrupt Christians saying, nope, that was wrong. So there's these moments in time when, when, when Jesus came. It was after the first decision that a corrupt ruler made to go out and kill a bunch of babies. They tried it again with Jesus. In that period of time, and he survived that, it was during this, this, this time where brutality was legalized, institutionalized. It was worshipped. And you know what? It turned out it was okay. Because there was this fantastic growth. Last night, our friend pointed out to me that in these times, we are seeing tens of thousands of conversions in countries like Iraq, in Asia. We're seeing tens of thousands of people per day turning to the only source of, of, of light with no darkness. We're watching it. The splitting, what God has allowed and continues to allow makes ever more clear his light. It makes ever more clear that, look, if you were walking the path of the Lord, you wouldn't allow these things. It makes ever more clear. I don't think Satan wins this one. Now, obviously, there's going to be an end battle. Those of us who are Christians and, and, and have read and understand the end battle at the end state, we know how it ends. We have hopes for our times. Let it not be in my children's time. Let it not be my grandchildren who go through this. Let it not happen now. Let it be delayed. We have that hope. But I am thinking of God Almighty. <laughs> and I am thinking of him watching what he has surfaced in people. I'm thinking of him watching everybody from cops turn, you know, mask thugs to, to churches turned forced injection clinics to leaders of formerly democratic countries turned wanton cackling, laughing dictators. And God will throw the mighty, mighty down from their thrones. Man, he has made some people mighty. He has set them up as mighty. And they're, man, they tasted it. And Satan's watching the, with almost sound like, uh, 
the day the music died, laughing with delight. As he's watching the division of critical race theory and, and sex ed, but you know what else is happening? As people are saying, no, not to my kids. I'm pulling them out. And the other people are saying, yes, to your kids. Yes, teach them hatred. And he is watching the hate manifest and Satan is laughing and God, is, God, God knows the plan. That God has to be saying, I'm going to make it so clear. I'm going to make it so clear. The people who lose their life will find it. And there are people who are being left with nowhere to turn. But to God, but through us. So the test is actually now It has turned to us. This is the greatest opportunity you will ever face as a Christian. You live right now in the period of time of the greatest opportunity you have ever had to bring people to God. So Biden's people failing the test. The dictator of New Zealand failing the test. The former cops who are now masked thugs have failed the test. The CNNs of the world have, fav- have, have failed the test. People who are taking the opportunity to brutalize others into making a medical decision they demand they make despite the risks are failing the test. People who've given into becoming the hatred because hate-filled things are being done because brutal things, horrific things, they're failing to test. But in our presence, we have the opportunity now to undertake the greatest act of evangelism that's ever been done. Because the alternative is global tyranny. What a mighty gift. What a time to live. A time such as this. To go to people historically and say, look, this is a cycle. God specifically told nations, you make kings, you get kings. You want rulers, you'll get rulers, you'll be ruled. You want to live in departure from my word? You will live in departure from me. You live in departure from me. Everything's falling apart. That's not the plan. But I'm a God of freedom and a God of responsibility. We have an opportunity to go to people and say, you're not the first to go through this. Yes, the injection diktats. And and yes, the technical tyranny and the technocrats. And you are not the first to go through this. Jesus and Joe, I mean, probably Joseph and Mary We're told, I don't care how pregnant Mary is. I don't care that you have to ride on a donkey all this period of time. I don't care. You have to go to the census. And so they went to the census and look what it begot. Look what it gave us because they decided to follow that. Accounting of people. Everybody has to travel here. Again, no matter how pregnant or or sick you are, you have to do it. Accounting of people with the injection diktats and the, the traveling papers. 
you're going to be forced to do it. We're going to force you. And people are rightly in this country and others saying no. So we have an opportunity to get people in a room or in a conversation or in coffee or with a TV show or with the chosen or with a documentary or with any form of media or in-person contact to say, man, this reminds me of some times in history. Man, this reminds me of great moments of deliverance. Man, this reminds me of choices people had to make. And to display for them the choice, this is where this side goes, this is where this side goes. So God has created a pass-fail for us. So what do we do? I think it begins with the people who've lost their lives, not, not, their, not their earthly existence. But for anybody who has lost a job due to these injection diktats, what about a Christmas gift to them? Anything. But make clear in the card, these are not my assets. This is, this is God's money. I'm just giving it to you. God told me to do this. What about just a whole series of anonymous gifts? What about just a whole series of little Christmas presents showing up on the doorstep of people? Do it in the name of your local church. Do you know what 20 bucks anonymously would mean to people? There are people for whom 20 bucks is we get to eat dinner this week. Do you know what a dropping off of of, of a bunch of coats at a place with a, hey, our church chose to do this. You know what this does for people? Yes, there's the organized drives. Our church is a massive toys drive, massive. Thousands and thousands of toys, and it touches people because they know it was given voluntarily. But what about secret volunteerism? What about going to the businesses that are secretly not supporting the injection diktats? What about going in and buying as much to go as you can? What about having a day before Christmas Eve meal? We know there's those places in the separate countries of Washington and California who are not following these diktats. What about going in with super big tips for super big to go orders and a great big smile? Thank you for this. In the name of God, thank you for this. This morning when I had breakfast, there was like three or four people in this place. This is a pure North Idaho place. Ate breakfast, steak and eggs if you need to know, hash browns and side of tomato. And yes, I'll work the calories off. I took an occasion to look through the window into the kitchen. And I said, hey, thank you for a delicious breakfast and thank you for working. And he's a pure North Idaho guy, big, huge man, beard and He said, you know what? No one ever thanks us. I said, God is good, brother. I so appreciate you coming to work. He goes, hey, we've never stopped here. Not once. We didn't stop ever. And I go, I know I've been here. That thank you, that encouragement. God bless you. Merry Christmas. God be with you. What about just beginning those? What are just beginning to say that with people? What about instead of Merry Christmas, when we buy something at the stores, we just say, thank you. Hey, God be with you. God go with you. What if people start hearing that a lot? What if all of a sudden this becomes this thing that a lot of people are saying, God go with you. God be with you. What would that do to the consciousness of the nation if this just became all of a sudden everybody listening to the cast? 
decided to go out today and say, I'm going to make it my habit. The next five people I see, I'm going to say, hey, you know, thank you so much. And God go with you. God bless you. God be with you. May God smile upon you today. Mentioning his name. And you know what? It's going to annoy some people. And that's okay. Because in their annoyance, if they continue to hear, why is everybody saying this? The same media that just drove this fear into people. This trauma. And they continue to do it. How many Christians are there, serious Christians, who if we began every time we leave a store, every time we leave an interaction, we just say, God, God, go with you. May God smile upon you. There is this illusion that the party has created of inevitability. You're going to get injected. Your kids are going to be taught this stuff. We are going to continue to roll over you in elections. We are going to continue to install figureheads. We are going to continue to shut down your energy. We are going to continue to create inflation. We are going to continue to keep your borders open. All that stuff's temporal and it's okay. That's a battle. We're talking about the war. They have disappeared us. People become fundamentally afraid to say, God, go with you. If that changed, if it became our habit everywhere, every time, it creates a new perception. And this perception is a reality. There are a whole lot of people who believe in God. There are a whole lot of people who are willing to say this out loud. And at first people are annoyed and and then they want to push back and then it doesn't stop. And the people who do it happen to be the nicest. They happen to be the most friendly. I was thinking about something this morning. On the way to church, I stopped at my coffee shack. And I've told you the great sense of hope this this really young woman gives me. Because of her astuteness and decision to be in tune with the world and decision to go research World War II. And I know that her boyfriend is starting his own business because he has he was told, you're going to get the injections. He said, no, I'm not. The company he's working for is out of the separate country of Washington. No, I'm not. So he's starting his own business. And I've been trying to figure out how to work into this conversation. A couple of things like, hey, is that guy going to marry you, by the way? But then also, do you have a church home? And so this morning it came to my heart that the next time I'm in, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, hey, where are you guys going to church for Christmas? And I hope it starts a conversation. And I would have no surprise at all. She said, oh, we, we're, we tend here. This is Idaho. A lot of people say that. But I also wouldn't be surprised. She said, you know, I kind of stopped going to church. And if she says that, I'm going to say, hey, would you come with our family? Bring your boyfriend. Would you come with our family? Love to meet your boyfriend. Love to talk to him about the business he's starting. I've started a few. I've sold a few. I don't know anything about his business of construction. Not a, not a blooming thing. But I know a little bit about risk capital. I know a little bit about mistakes. (laughs) I'm old. 
What if we each took that opportunity? What sits before us now is no less than the greatest evangelism opportunity you are ever going to face. And it's pass fail. Because God is a God who has invested in us, who has given us gifts of varying natures, but it's all an investment. I've invested my Holy Spirit in you. I gave my son for you. Are you going to return the investment? Is it going to be one for one, one for two, one for 10? Or is it going to be what they call in the venture capital community, a hundred banger, hundred to one return? And God is a respecter of our limits. There are some of us who can barely talk to a person in a day. There are some of us who talk to everybody. Even us introverts. It's cracking. The cracks are real. The institutions are both being attacked and crumbling. The cities are both being attacked and crumbling. The schools are being attacked and crumbling and parents are taking their kids out, thank the Lord. The medical establishment has been captured. And doctors are beginning to speak out. And nurses are beginning to speak out in this time of choosing. Those cracks are real. The solidity of God is also real. I found myself needing on the way back just one song particularly given the light we were given by a friend last night that God is God is God's getting ready Satan's going to get crushed again God's about to step on his head again with a massive revival a massive jubilee that you can be part of There's an artist named Phil Wickham. And he has some songs that so appeal to this part of me that has a secret wish to do beautiful things. To provide beauty. So many of the topics we cover are utterly ugly. The second podcast today is utterly ugly because it starts with Ghislaine Maxwell. And then it gets into the economics of sex slavery and the refusal of the mockingbird media to really report the economics because they're in the business. They're not in the, I didn't say they're in the business of sex slavery. They're in the business. They help create the markets. They need that unclean sexual desire for their business models. They need it. So they wink at it. So I need artists like Phil Wickham who speak to me about this desire to provide any form of beauty that God can inspire. This is a guy who is unabashedly emotional, unabashedly intellectual, unabashedly Christian. He is not afraid to speak with the most clear voice around what it means to trust. And he's not afraid to be almost 
I, it's, I, the song we're about to hear in my little music review here, the younger me would have laughed at this. Well, what's this soft? But he speaks to a current day need. I think this is a reason why he's having this successful tour. He's going to be, by the way, I just learned in Seattle coming up in April. It's in the t- Tacoma. It's going to be there. So he's doing this tour. I think this is why I hear his music so often in Christian-oriented shops. This is why I can go in and say, have you heard Phil Wickham? And a lot of people say yes. He has his own style, and yet the style is completely recognizable. This is a song called Safe in His Arms. To the one whose dreams have fallen all apart And all you're left with is a tired and broken heart I can tell by your eyes you think you're on your own But you're not alone See what I mean about the unabashed, unashamed vulnerability? Safe in his arms. And we are. This is such an ugly time to be alive. This is such a beautiful moment to be of faith. And the two things coexist. So does the past fail. How many people before Christmas, to how many people can you say, God go with you? God be with you. May God shine upon you. How many secret gifts in the name of God? This is the Todd Herman Show. Go be well. Be strong. Be kind. And be right with God. God.